Welcome back to the Listen Out Podcast, where we analyze a new album each week. I'm Jamie, and this week we've got me, Nick, what up, and Jordan. Wiki wiki what? This week we're going to be taking a look at Sound and Fury by Sturgill Simpson. It was released in 2019, and it was picked by Nick. Oh, also, a forenote, we are attempting to see each other in Discord this week, so we will try not to reference video that you can't see uh, <laughs> but bear with us if it happens it's an experience Man, you just got distracted by me so, putting on chapstick oh we'll see how this goes um <laughs> yeah so nick do you want to you, you want to tell us what made you choose this album yes I, I would love to elaborate so um the past two or three album cycles that uh that we've gone through i until like the day of i haven't really been sure what album i want to choose and um, I kind of wanted to choose a album that was hopeful almost, that an album that almost, in a way, would re- rejuvenate myself after the election cycle next week. Uh, next week. What? Last week. And, um, oh. Uh, oh. Are you applying something, my man? Or like, what? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, because I, I was just scared. Uh, like oh, last yeah, yeah. Tuesday. I got you. I got you. But, um, uh just like uh, whatever um side of the political spectrum you're on i think everyone can agree that there was potential for for eruptions of of violence or just like it, it was a it was a scary time to me at least just from looking at the news and things like that so i i wanted it was like a first, cold civil war yeah a little bit I wanted I wanted it first to look up um to 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 listen to an album that would kind of just make me feel better in my life in general and then I found this one um and it's it's not really the spirit that I was looking for at first but it's it's a it's an attitude that that still pulled me out of the the like darker place that i was in so it it still helped me in a way that i i didn't anticipate and and it's an album that i've loved ever since it came out last year i thought this album came out like two years ago but it was last september it was it's just a little over a year ago and i um i don't know why i thought it came out so long ago but the past six months have felt like two years. So <laughs> that's probably 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 has yeah. It came out. It came out late last yeah. year. It came out in September. Uh-huh. It came out like halfway through three or six because I remember when it came out. I was going to the labs to work on whatever project, and I was like, eh, "I'll throw this on." Mm-hmm. Nick said it was good. Soldered I, away. It may have, was. It may have been around the IOT. I don't remember. It was a. It came out September twenty seventh, twenty nineteen. So it was like midway through three oh six. Not quite IOT, I don't think. 
Little did we know that Corona was on the horizon. <laughs> that our world corona. is about to change. I see it off in the distance. It's Corona! Brace whatever! <laughs> I'm just kidding. What um, Anyways, the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jordan, had you, uh, had you heard any of, like, have you heard the name of Sturgill Simpson before? I feel like maybe, I couldn't tell you yes or no for sure, but, uh. I think we've mentioned his name a few times on the podcast. Maybe, um, yeah. My man Sturgill Simps, son. But, uh. Mm-hmm. Only time I was, me and Nick went, uh. Oh, Nick, you didn't mention this, but mm-hmm. me and Nick went to the, I don't think, if I just forgot that you, I don't think you just mentioned this. No, I didn't mention it. I think I know what you're going to say. Uh, me and Nick went vinyl record shopping um, after our podcast trip to Waffle House uh, hmm. last week because there's a podcast or not podcast. There's a vinyl record store uh, right beside it, and Nick actually got this album on vinyl. Yeah, and so he was listening to it on vinyl all week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw a couple of his other albums too there. But other than that, I don't think other than just like the name sounding like I've heard it before and not actually knowing like where it fits to. I don't think I really uh, heard of him before. I gotcha. Nice. Yeah. I, um, this was, I'd heard of his name, especially with, um, is it a song or an album that's turtles all the way down? I know it was the tour that's that a, he went on. Yeah. That's, that's a, a, that's John a song. Green book. Okay. It? Yeah. What'd you say? I think that was the Did first. Did you say it's a John Green book? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, I actually have it signed by John Green. Back oh, really? Have you read me, it? But no, Claire got it to me for me one time, and uh, but you didn't read it. No, as much as much as I love her, um, <laughs> I hate reading books. So, uh, <laughs> hey, functionally illiterate since sixth grade, right? I yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's nothing personal to her. It's just uh, <laughs> I hate reading. So <laughs> yeah, one um, day, but... one day I will read it though. But I had, I, so I had, back on Sturgill, uh, that was where I first heard his name, was whenever that kind of got big. It at least got big enough to where it, like, it showed up on my radar, but I never actually, like, checked it out. I know, like, Link from Rhett and Link has, like, a concert tour shirt from there that I would see, and I'd be like, no, oh, cool. check out his stuff, and then I never did. Um, so this was the first album of his that I actually listened to. Um, I got you. And I like it. This album's good. Jordan, what'd you what'd you think going into it? We were, me and Nick kind of debated a Talked little bit yourselves. what you would think because this is, uh, it's a it would probably most likely fall under uh, cosmic country, which both of yeah. those are pretty far outside of your it's, typical listening. It, it sounded less country than I thought it was going to be. To where it almost didn't really sound. That Most of the country only comes from the fact that he has a Kentuckian accent. Every yeah, now and then it comes through. Yeah, and I, I was about to say because a I lot of the music. Yeah, some some of the guitar rhythms in maybe a sing along, and I don't even know. Rit, sing along the the rhythm. The guitar tone to that makes it sound almost like a like some kind of like boot stomping song to me. But, but there's yeah. there's so much like synth and oh, like all kinds of just stuff layered in the album that that yeah. it doesn't feel like 
like country really it feels like some kind of i don't know just just weird yeah like, it really experience mm-hmm. it really doesn't sound like country at all mm-hmm. in, in in my it sounds just way more like i i guess the first the first at the beginning of the album i had like a more like funky-ish vibe vibe mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. if that's okay to say Definitely. I'd definitely say so, especially for like the the <laughs> guitar intro on Ronan, kinda. Um, yeah. What is what is like cosmic? Like what what sounds are associated with like cosmic? This kind of sounds kind of like I don't know, spacey ish kind of stuff. Yeah, it's spacey-ish. a pretty loose term. Uh huh. It it's more a term that describes the feeling of a song rather than the specific instrumentation. I think when I, when I think of cosmic, yeah. I think of kind of repetitive rhythms and guitar or synth or piano or or something that kind of drones out like really long and they, ah, okay, like okay, they, yeah, they might right, improvise right. one instrument and keep like the rest of it um pretty steady so that someone else can improvise over it that's like that's right. like a that's kind of an element of like what i don't know it didn't like i haven't listened to a lot of grateful dead even though i feel like i would really enjoy them but in in concerts and like videos of live music that I've seen, where people um, do a lot of improvisation and make their music sound more um, cosmic or psychedelic, that that seems like a theme. Is like most people keep a steady rhythm while one person riffs and improvises off of it. Yeah, I got you. Pretty much. Yeah. Um. So what what did you, I guess without getting, or I guess you can start to get specific if you'd like. What did you? What was your? Uh, what was your takeaway from the album? Was it better than you expected, Jordan? I think it was a little better. I think whenever you guys tell me something's gonna be kind of country, it just immediately drops to like a zero rating, and then it can only go up from there mm-hmm. if it's. Bro, that's not. our plan. We tell the, you it's the, way worse than it is. <laughs> the further away from actual country it is it started like going up as soon as i listened to it i was like huh there's not some slow strumming guitar in the background and uh this is already this is already 10 times better than i could have hoped for now i'm gonna give it a 10 just because it's not Luke Combs, <laughs> you know? just, uh... we start to try to play like reverse psychology mind games uh, with you about the ratings <laughs> <laughs> you bastards, you bastards. no i thought it was I, I i thought it was i thought it was better than i assumed it was going to be just because also Nick has a very unique taste in music, so well, thank you. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, sometimes I'm like uh, <laughs> unique is a unique's a uh, freaking like a cover word. Unique's a cover. <laughs> yeah, word. we have very it's like similar a, music tastes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like when a painting's bad, and you're like, oh, it looks very nice. You know, it's like <laughs> oh, how original. Yes, how original. <laughs> how unique. Nick has, Nick has a very unique music. Did a four-year-old throw up on this painting? <laughs> so also, I'm scared that that's. Not, but no, it was it was it was it was a it was a decent album. It was a decent album. Cool. Yeah, I've always, I've I've always admired really the um, the spirit behind all of Sturgill's work, basically, and the the lyrics he throws into stuff that are are kind of almost anti-country with like. With with some of his older albums, he has like deep country, like old country instr- instrumentation, 
and th- this one is kind of a, a branch off from that with all the all the synth like crazy like uh psychedelic stuff that goes on but like uh, there's his, a lot of synth on that yeah his his first album high top mountain is is really country and then it's metamodern sounds and country music and that that one's pretty country too and he kind of starts to branch off with his third album um a sailor's guide to earth and then there was this one sound and fury that, that was like i'm pretty sure it was kind of a surprise release i don't he he came out with like a sing along was the lead single but i don't mm-hmm. think there was much publicity for the album before it was really just just like launched out there and it came yeah, out with, i mean it it came out with an anime like post-apocalyptic samurai short film. I still haven't watched that. Yeah, I, I haven't either. I meant to, and I just ran out of time over the weekend. I think we were like, going to do that this weekend or something, and then we didn't. Yeah, um, but we... Yeah, I, I know I'm, like, far removed from his stuff, but I definitely hadn't heard, like, a single thing about this album until it was like, oh, mm-hmm. it's out. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely didn't hear anything either. Oh, really? They, um... <laughs> Listen... <laughs> I'm surprised. I really thought you kept up with Sturgill Simpson, Jordan. Man, shut your mouth, boy. <laughs> when they um when he recorded it with his uh touring band that he's I think he's become like really good friends with him, it seems, and like all the stuff that he posts. But um but his his Instagram is very peculiar and I think that's the only social media that he has. But he'll post stuff for like a week and then he deletes those posts. And he posts like new stuff, yeah. But he earlier, that's kinda, like that's weird, that's <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> about about a month ago, um, he was posting old videos from the recording process of this album, and they okay. I'm not sure where they. I don't know if they all had their own own equipment to just record the album, or if they got it from a studio or what. But they. They recorded the album in a in a motel in Michigan, maybe. Like they they all just went to a motel for two weeks, like just like an old rundown motel that you would like see off the side of a highway, and like rented out huh. a room for two weeks, put their equipment in there, and like recorded the album for two weeks. Interesting. Yeah, and they uh, and Sturgill said that. They'd like play into the night, and they they'd walk out of their rooms at like three in the morning and and see people like hanging over the the rails like of the second floor like just that had been listening to their music and they'd see oh them like walk gosh. out of their room and they'd like start clapping for them and stuff because it was oh yeah like he That's cause, so sweet yeah because he said they they would play it like super loud without any regard to. Like they were, they were damn. They just like a crazy album. So damn, they were just like yeah. That explains why uh, fuck up everybody's sleep schedule. Yeah, (laughs) explains why the quality is. uh, It sounds like shit. (laughs) uh, His his, it doesn't sound like shit, but man, I am not a fan of some of the just like quality because you. I mean, it sounds like. I mean, honestly, I'm not surprised it was in like a small hotel hotel room. Yeah, because it's like. Yeah, his his vocals are pretty rough and kind of washed out, and and especially in fastest horse in town. 
Yeah, and I think that's like if I had to think of a main detractor for why I don't like love this album, it's because of his vocals. I don't know. It's kind of the yeah. same thing I had when uh Interesting. God, what was it? It was like uh, Earthquake or whatever. Oh, okay. Earthquake? Well, I I think that was when it was, but it was like I didn't like the vocals. Oh, it was um it was Benjamin Booker's album too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like I liked everything about it except it just I don't know. The the like vocal tracking of it. I just I wasn't because it doesn't sound like a live album. Because even a live album is clear. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But the the vocals do get they get washed out a lot, but not in like a good way to me. I think if I if I had to think of like a main detractor for the album that that was like the thorn for me was I don't know I wasn't a huge fan of the like vocal quality of it. Yeah. Are you saying like his voice is bad? No, it's like, not you don't like his, his voice, voice is bad, or that the like the, the way that his voice is recorded in the album uh, and okay, thrown into okay, the mix. Okay. I wasn't a, I wasn't a huge fan of it. It it does seem a little washed out by all. Of it the, sounds like, like it's coming out of an FM radio, but like one that has like. I think that's what they're going for, though, right? Right. Kind of. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just like a critique. Though, yeah. But that's like, you know, I understand the artistic direction with it. It's just <laughs> that was, it didn't really do it that much for me. In that. I, I, oh, I, 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 I can see that. Yeah. Like, like where you, yeah, like you're saying, it's just a, just a difference of opinion. Like, like Jordan said, mm-hmm. It's kind of the direction they're trying to go in with um, the whole, like the most of the transitions between songs on the album. I don't know about most. I know some you can hear radio it, static. Like, at least half like, it sounds like a radio is like sh- tuning. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. I really like that intro a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah the the intro and then the end of the album. Mm-hmm. It, like this the the start of the album is someone walking across a gravel road getting in a car starting it up it sounds like an old muscle car and then the end of it you hear them like gun it like down a highway or something and then if you like the album cover you're like oh that's probably the car on the front <laughs> yeah they uh it looks like an old challenger maybe it um it was it was an old plymouth roadrunner he uh, that's, okay, uh, when he yeah. was posting like all kinds of stuff on Instagram, he posted a picture of them like miking up the engine and stuff because yeah. they they miked up the engine ah. to record that intro sound. Interesting. And that part's cool. Yeah. So then, so so then it is. I mean, it's like the album is set up like someone lo- like some desperado driving. I was gonna say a good mem- uh, a good parallel to this is a uh, Fetty Wap came out the. Album in 2018 that no one's ever listened to. I listened to it maybe once and then stopped listening to it. Um, but at the very beginning, you know, he came out with his hits in like 15 or 16. I can't remember which one it was, yeah. but uh, it's like at the very beginning, it's like it's like tuning and it's like tuning different radio stations. But like it's all of the like his hit songs. It's like it's like I never lunch and then like transfer it like goes to a different one. And then, like, he changed it one last time, and then it starts playing this other beat, and then that beat goes directly into the first song, which, oh, cool. that's, like, the, it's, it's like, honestly the best part of the album, I feel like. <laughs> that's kind of cool, know, it's okay. No, yeah, it's, it's a really cool thing, and that's why I like this one a lot. I really like, like, the radio. I don't know. I really like, an, like, intros. I sometimes don't want to be, like, I want them to be intro songs, you know? 
Like, they're not supposed to be songs. They're supposed to... Like, there's a lot of good albums that have intro songs that are just songs that are the intro, Uh you know? But I like when they do something different. Like, like the incredible... I think... I think the incredible true story. It's like Logic's album or something. Yeah, incredible true story. I keep, I keep, I, I don't. Know, is, is it called the Incredible True yeah. Story? Mm-hmm. It's the one okay. with him, and he looks like he's in a spaceship on the front of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like at the he he has an intro to that song. It's like, have you ever heard that song? It's called like Contact. I think I I have a while back. I I can't remember anything about it off the top of my head. But at the very beginning, it's just like dialogue. It's like it's like. Oh hey man, we're going pretty close to that asteroid. It's like oh yeah, uh, we're just gonna. But anyway, I was gonna say I like how this is like an intro song, and not like a uh... like it's it's still a song. It still feels like a like a good like piece of music. But I like how there's a little bit of a an intro as like an actual intro aspect thrown into it. Mm-hmm. Sorry if that was a really long explanation for that, but yeah, like you you enjoy the fact that it's some sort of non-musical monologue to the actual music of the album yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i guess i like that a lot yeah it definitely adds to a small amount of world building i don't think there's any world for like produced by this album after this album i don't i, I don't think Sturgill really has any plans to revisit the the sound of this album maybe he does i don't know but I got he you. seems like he likes to switch up his sound whole lot that's true yeah he's definitely one of the guys that wear album to album they're like it's clear that like okay this is the mood he was in when he made this record (laughs) and this is what he wanted to do with this record which is cool i i appreciate that kind of stuff because then it's like it makes you harder to like genre define yeah but it means that you're like exploring different facets of uh, the musical spectrum. So then, I mean, it probably, honestly, it probably will keep you uh, interested longer mm-hmm. in making music. I found um, out from the, um, like the a, genius notes on, on a uh, sing along, the like notes that go along with the song on uh, Spotify that uh, Sturgill said before this album, he had thought about, leaving music altogether just because of the business side of everything he was just getting fed up with it even though with his last album the album before sound and fury he won grammy the grammy for like best country album of the year like he was he was critically acclaimed by all those people and he was building like a dedicated fan base but he was getting so tired of dealing with the the business side of music that he thought about just like quitting interesting yeah yeah, that's kind of sad, mm-hmm. but and and because of that, he a fair uh, some of the lyrics on some of the songs on this album come from a pretty dark place, and two or three of the songs are almost directly about um, like labels manipulating their artists and um, just just like shitty business practices within the industry, but. Um, of which um, there is plenty in the music business. Yes. True. But, um, Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, but, I guess uh, most business, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so then I guess, do you want to, do you want to start, do you want to throw out some like specific stuff about the album then? Of course. I know. Uh, Transition into that one a little bit. I know before this, 
before listening to it again, Jamie used to say your favorite song was Ronan off of it. And I don't think you'd yes. listen to the whole album by then. But how do you how do you feel now? Is it still your favorite song? I'm curious. Yeah, I it's, it's still up there. I just really like the guitar in it, especially yep. um like around the two forty five mark. It's basically so it sets up. There's like he starts the car. the entire time there's no lyrics or anything yeah um but it's like an extended solo kind of thing i guess um Mm -hmm. but around the 245 it's just really good i don't know it's really good guitar playing interesting the entire time it's cool um it has really good like building of dynamics and then around like the yeah like the 245 250 somewhere around there it like really kicks off Mm -hmm. i like that um i I think i also really like uh make art not friends yeah that's one of my favorite songs it feels very it feels very tame impala yeah uh uh-huh i can see that super especially when um it starts to get into the uh there's like a bunch of repeated synth at the beginning that feels kind of like currency um and the transition into the main beat in that song is really good i really like that the the synth like kind of slowing down and everything quieting down and then it ramps up to the really like tinny high pinch synth and the, the yeah, guitar and, comes in and, yeah. and it just it all feels so tame impala like mm-hmm. <laughs> so my, um but yeah and and that song's good I also but i also like fastest horse in town yeah uh that one i just love how like just absolutely filthy the guitar is at the beginning of it it starts off just like Mm-hmm. 
so thick on the palate with distortion and fuzz. It's just so good. That's one. And that it's, a every, very, it's a very chaotic song too. Yeah. Every, every time I played that song, I like the, on, on the like yeah. vinyl out of my speakers, I would crank it up like five mm-hmm. or six times just because I love like <laughs> that song. Like I, I almost. Even though my speakers produce a more dynamic range of sound, like you can hear the layers yeah. of instruments better coming out of the speakers mm-hmm. than you can coming out of like AirPods. I almost, yeah. so one part of me enjoys hearing it more out of the speakers, but another part of me enjoys hearing it out of my AirPods more because if I hear it in my AirPods, it's like the only thing I can hear. It's like, like, right. I, it's, it's like, it just surrounds you more in that sense. Yeah, it's like you're being enveloped. Yeah. It's like how that's what the best way to listen some, to Gemini. Yeah. Next way you need is some audio technicas. Mm-hmm. Need to get some crazy over your noise canceling stuff. So those are those are probably like my three favorites on the album. Mm-hmm. I still like running a lot though. It's really cool. Uh, yeah. I personally liked uh a good look and Mercury and retrograde, which I feel like are more to the like little kind of like funkier influenced yeah. mm-hmm. ones. Okay. Where it didn't it didn't seem as washed out per se, like with uh, the guitar and stuff, mm-hmm. but it seemed a little more like uh, a little more upbeat, you know, high energy type stuff. Yeah, there's just um, th- there's so much attitude and so so much of his songs and so many of his lyrics like he has so many great one-liners or one or two liners and that's one reason why i've always liked him so much and those are present in mercury and retrograde and uh a good look because a good look is about um artists obsessing over their image rather than their actual songwriting and them Mm -hmm. okay struggling with at least that's my perception of it like the perception of the lyrics like them struggling that's what i got from it too yeah uh uh-huh like what does he say like are you talking all this shit just to get on the cover how are you gonna eat when Mm -hmm. you're biting the hand it's it's mostly about him him kind of preaching to people who make music saying like you you should focus on the stuff you're trying to make rather than than superficially looking good because that's not going to get you anywhere like you're going to build you're going to people are going to enjoy your music based off of your creativity not this image that you create that, uh, that 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 uh, that's a bit of a debatable sorry, topic because I mean some like a I don't know maybe an example of a musician that has an image that draws people in would be like I don't know child Dixie D'Amelio wait <laughs> TikTok bro she made a song bro bro she made a song I'm just kidding Charles Gambino yeah I was gonna say just because he's he wraps a lot of his stuff up in in mystery all the time, and like doesn't really. 
he, he doesn't seem to announce his things before like a week before they come out and then that is true like uh he just him and him and uh kendrick both have like they have appeal because they're mysterious but they also have appeal because they make a lot of like good points about society and their music oh yeah totally um no but yeah the a good look just sounded a lot better and was easier for me to bump my head to because it was a little more on beat also like yeah that was that like, was one of my notes with it is it's really hard to not just like sit there and just kind of groove to it yeah because because the the and it, it it goes it goes back and forth with the good and bad of like the synths like the synths are very drawn out so it's hard to like you know like keep a beat to it mm-hmm. sometimes when it's just like you know mm-hmm. yeah um so that's why that's just why i like the good again i i listen to it sometimes while i'm just doing stuff and you know like some of the songs i just keep finding myself you know like bobbing my head to a little bit and i think those were two that i just really mm-hmm. liked a lot yeah um nick did you already say yours that you like uh, the songs my favorites are probably i really like ronan as an intro um Make Art Not Friends has always been one of my favorites. Best Clockmaker on Mars. I really like the guitar riff in that song. It just really stands out. And, yeah. And because of that, I, I like the whole song. Um, Mercury and Retrograde has always been one of my favorites and um, revisiting the album but even before this week just listening to it more I guess like the second half of this year rather than last year whenever it came out I, I've really grown to like Fastest Horse in Town it's probably one of my favorites on the album now too yeah that was one of the ones that uh, revisiting it I was like, why didn't I remember really liking this song? Because mm-hmm. like, I'd listened to the album all the way through m- multiple times, but I was just like yeah. the first one listening back. I was like, oh, how did I forget about this song? That one was a little too long and a little too yeah, it's like seven distorted minutes. for me. Mm-hmm. I guess to yeah. like, um, it just seemed kind of like the same sound for most of it. And I know probably once I listened to it a lot, a lot of times there would be i could find like nuances and stuff but for just for just a couple listens um i mean the car is the the guitar is very present so if 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 that's what you like a lot you know that's 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 what you're gonna get but as someone who doesn't uh not super big fan of songs like that um it was a little Mm off-putting but i could i could definitely see how you guys liked it a lot though yeah it was a it was a song that I think I've said this like the last three podcasts or something. It's it's a song that I've really enjoyed, but it's never okay. looked at the lyrics because I just love the feeling of the music so much. Just the the like the like we talked the the enveloping surrounding nature of of the song is one reason that I like it so much. It's I think I put in my notes that it's a song that I like just want to like floor my car when I'm listening to it. Like it's. It's got like so like so much power behind it, but I can't do that because I'm sure that my car would fall apart if I put any sort of stress yeah. Your on car it. creaks. 
it doesn't creak as much now, but it still does creak some. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could I could definitely see. It definitely seems like a song that would be good like played outside or uh the radio mm-hmm. played. Played out of played or out of that... Michael's theater speakers. Oh my that gosh, awesome. yes. <laughs> Dude, that would that would have been so much bass and like distortion and everything. Yeah. I but, think uh, uh I think my favorite wait, what? Uh, I was gonna say what the the hook of the song, like the chorus, is everybody's uh-huh. trying to be the next someone. Look at me, I'm trying to be the first something. <laughs> He's trying to set himself apart from the rest of the, yeah, the, the scene. I guess like he's trying to be his own original artist rather than pander to like the rest of his genre, like whatever he gets marketed as. And yeah, right. I got you. Yeah, I've always sounds a little like uh, Donald Glover. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but does that happen a lot in like the country music community? I didn't think they'd be a bunch of like. I mean, maybe maybe it happens in every community. No, nah, I mean, not a lot. Sense. Like, Taylor Swift transitioned from country to pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. He's, that was kind of a big one. Sturgill's never been, like, really... Um, he, he's always had a bit of a feud with, like, the CMAs, like, the Country Music Awards. Like, he, ah. he, uh, he has a song on, Blake on his debut album called Life Ain't Fair and the World is Mean. And in it, he says, "Okay." He says something about like you won't see me at the CMAs. I can't remember the exact line, but um, when he came out with his album before this one, "A Sailor's Guide to Earth," mm-hmm. that was the one that he won uh-huh. the Grammy for Best Country Album. I think the CMAs were airing after the Grammys, so like he had already <laughs> won a Grammy like across like all country music for Best Country Album. And the CMAs di- yeah. didn't invite him to the ceremony and like didn't nominate him for anything. <laughs> and he <laughs> and he like he attended them in quotes by uh-huh. like he went to the Nash the stadium in Nashville where the CMAs were being held and busked outside okay. of it. Like he just played guitar outside of it, like That's like funny. a street performer. That's yeah. really funny. And he like sang some That's of the awesome. songs and stuff, and people would like come up and talk to him and take pictures with him. And he gave, <laughs> he gave like a little speech, where he was, um, he was advocating things that he, he wished, like the CMAs would give people a, a chance to to make a stand on, like, okay, uh, I have, I have an like a a few excerpts here. He says like, in uh, in like uh, I couldn't find an actual video of of his speech, but. Time reported that he said, nobody needs a machine gun, coming from a guy who owns quite a few guns. <laughs> he also said, gay people should have the right to be happy and live their life any way they want to and get married if they want to, without fearing getting drugged down the road on a pickup truck. Black people are probably tired of getting shot in the streets and getting enslaved by the industrial prison complex, and hegemony and racism is alive and well in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you very much. 
he just he interesting. What a mic drop. Yeah. So I like I've I've always in, enjoyed and uh, been inspired by him as a person, and like the the spirit that he has like behind his music. I was yeah. say very progressive country music artists. Yeah. Uh, interesting, you don't see that all the time. He's uh, he's definitely on brand with like the outlaw country of today. That is true. That actually is, that makes him kind of even cooler. Mm-hmm. Like him and like Tyler usually Childers. the country people. Oh wait, sorry, go to the left. I, I was just gonna say him and Tyler Childers, and I know they um. They're kind of on brand with Margot Price and and like Jason Isbell to a degree. Yeah, yeah. They're all they're yeah, all I mean, in yeah, it. Isbell's they're all fierce advocates for the uh, marginalized in society. Yeah, um, in in a genre that doesn't typically like to like broadcast those things because they know that their yeah. audience might not necessarily think those things. But, yeah. but they all take a stand. It's it's ad libs. Mm-hmm. That's what I was saying. Like uh, I was gonna say, like they're they're usually like the bad boys. Like whenever they sing, like they're like, yeah, I don't give a damn about no nothing or no. But <laughs> but then to be like an outlaw of the outlaws is like mega outlaw. <laughs> it's like mega outlaw. Insane. To be an outlaw to go against something that already goes against other stuff is like. I don't know. It's just—is it like a double negative outlaw score? Yeah, it's like it's like cool. To you me. go with someone. <laughs> it's like it's like cool to me because that's like it's like hard to do, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but it's you know, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think back uh back on this album though, I think my favorite line on the album is uh it's in sing along. Um, it's compromise is made out of peace, but history is made out of violence. kind of fits into I guess the gist of his tail end of the, the speech but it's like it's um, a compromise made out of peace and history but history is made, made out, out of violence. violence yeah bars dude bars <laughs> I, I have that written down too and the lines right after that are after the war of the worlds has ceased all that's left is the deafening silence yeah huh it's good yeah. You might explain it to me. I'm I'm having a bad, a hard time. Uh, um, dude, I I I know I sound stupid as hell right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. English you're, you're, class. Um, so it's like the the I guess book ending lyrics of that are: "Please don't turn around and leave. You're my only one. Compromise is made out of peace, but history is made out of violence. After the war of war of the words has ceased, all that's left is deafening silence. So it's kind of like, um. You know, if if you meet, I think the gist of it is about a tumultuous relationship, because he's singing about like singing like you know don't leave me, you know whatever problem. So it's like, um, you know, compromise is something that occurs when 
the two parties in whatever situation have agreed on some sort of like peaceful connection yeah no yeah um, yeah i i think i know all the words i'm just having trouble to like but then it's like if you look at uh what makes a storied past it's always conflict is what stands out as something notable mm-hmm. um so and i think that it, it's kind of more interesting to think about that okay yeah. extrapolated out from just like a like uh intimate relationship and look at it uh-huh. more of like just a broad idea of conjoining parties whether it be like you know two people or two governments or whatever it's just interesting to think about the fact that like you mainly hear about you're just pointing out that you mainly hear in the like history like the violent stuff yeah like you remember the wars more than you remember the treaties you know yeah you're right you're right you're right okay sorry that took me so long to get i was like you're good it was it was easier for Jamie and I to understand because yeah we we both coincidentally noted that line and I'm sure we both thought about it before the podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Um, I think honestly that's like the main one I wrote down. Yeah, I didn't know that best clockmaker on Mars. Have either of you seen Watchmen the movie or read the graphic novel? Uh, Watchmen is that with uh. Not. Who's that with again? It's the big blue guy, Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. The big blue guy. Um, I don't know if he's big. Rorschach. Um, no, never mind. Okay. I was thinking of some, like, I forget who, but I think it's like it's like Ben Stiller and, like, Vince Vaughn or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know, but it's not that. <laughs> it's not Watchmen. Never mind, bro. No, it's like... In... Is he? It's he's like, it's, it's like they're part of like a neighborhood watch. Yeah. Uh, I think it's called, okay, now I know what you're that, talking that about. That movie's I, called The Watch, I think. Yeah, that's called oh. The Watch. It's different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what, it, what, what's that? What's Watchmen that is a that comic. Watchmen is it, like it, a, a graphic Oh, novel. okay. Yeah. It's like an anti-hero comic book kind of thing <laughs> or something. Very different. Whoops, never mind. Very, very different. <laughs> a little different. <laughs> okay, my bad. Continue, continue with what you were going to say. But, um, there's a guy in Watchmen, uh, his name's Dr. Manhattan. And he has almost omnipotent superpowers that came from some like weird accident. And I didn't know. I, I've seen the movie and I've read part of the graphic novel, but I, I I didn't know enough about it to correlate it to this song. But apparently the title and like the chorus are in reference to Dr. Manhattan, like best clock. He goes to Mars, Mars at the end or something, right? He he's he's on Mars. I know at the beginning the beginning isn't exactly like chronological within the story of the graphic novel, but he's he gets like fed up with humanity, and he he just wants to go and like on a sabbatical basically and like think to himself. And he was a clockmaker before he became Doctor Manhattan, I think. So he goes to Mars to like build some big clock and just think and like be away from people. And he's able to like live on Mars because of his new powers and like weird omnipotent state so mm-hmm. but so the the song is in reference to him like he's the um, hmm. the 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 verses are like i want to grow old and die with you i want to make babies till you say you're through what is it bars bro go to bed and wake bars. up when you tell me to turn off all the tvs there ain't nothing new and then the chorus is want to wake up every day and be the best clockmaker on Mars. Like, 
He just wants to spend time like with his family because he's fed up uh, with the world, yeah. basically. And I, I really like the I second like... verse. He says, some days I hate everything I am, but your love holds a mirror to me, shows me a love I can understand and make sense of the world I see. It's, it's oh. a little introspective. And like full of gratitude for his wife. I had no idea he was he was talking about Watchmen. It was it was metal. Yeah, I totally have I I've seen a couple episodes of the HBO show. Oh yeah. And I've been at a very far distance aware of the movie coming <laughs> but I haven't watched or read either. But that's, that's really neat. Fun. That's a that's a deep cuz like you get a lot of those meanings of the song without knowing anything about Watchmen. So that's kind of cool that like I always like stuff like that where if if you're in like the in group like you know then it's like a it's like another level of uh yeah. another deeper level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know this is not that important but I really like the titles of the songs mm-hmm. in uh this like Mercury and Retrograde <laughs> just sounds cool. Best Clockmaker on Mars. Again that probably has a even I mean that you said that has a, a reference to something anyway mm-hmm. but I just like when they're uh, kind of out there, like fastest horse in town. They're all like non sequitur, kind of. Yeah. But like, they definitely don't have... really give you much of what is going to go. Yeah. On. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's like as opposed to like on mean, you know on damn on that Kendrick album, the songs are all emotions like uh-huh. love, loyalty, humble. Yeah. Like... Right. They're all they're yeah. all the emotions covered in sad songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got you. Humble is kind of like an uh, ironic think... name, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I, I think got, that's I got... all. That's all I had written down for this album. Sit down. I got you. Be humble. Yeah, I you I don't see, have anything. I, had in the old... I don't have anything especially in depth, like besides that. I, um, okay. Do you, you have any more things to say, though? I don't think so. Um, you you have any final thoughts you want to leave us with? We really we talked about it? most of my favorite songs. Um, I think probably, I don't know if it's my favorite, my most favorite or a a song I've consistently liked a lot. Every time I've listened to this album is make art, not friends. And Mm -hmm. it's like, what, like six minutes long. Yeah. Right around. Yeah. I figured it'd be your favorite because it's very like Tame Impala. Yeah. Yeah. Just, Uh just based purely on that. I was like, I bet this is Nick's favorite. (laughs) I, um, I showed it to, um, to, to, I don't know, should I say their names? I don't think it's doxing to say people's names, is it? I don't um, think like so. Like first names? No. Okay. No, you say their I, first names. I don't, I, oh yeah, I don't, I don't think Okay, that. you can edit around this, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I showed it to, um, to William and Sarah, like, around the time the album came out, because it was when we, mm-hmm. me and William were living in Wolf Ridge. And I forgot that it had like a minute and fifty second, like synth intro, <laughs> and, and it, it kept playing. And they were like, "Which I'm sure Sarah and William loved it." <laughs> yeah, they were like, <laughs> "Okay, what, so when is he gonna sing?" And I was like, "I was like, I honestly forgot that this intro was here because I just loved the entire song so much. Like every time out it comes of, out on, of our friends, that's honestly like the two least likely people to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I think. Like I, I just what, I, like what about me." What'd you say? That's funny though. I said, "What about me? Am I even less likely to enjoy that?" <laughs> yeah, because Sarah hates synth. 
Yeah. Oh, really? Right, yeah. Like, absolutely hates it. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. And it's not really up Williams. Like, oh, right, that's not that's on the Williams. Metal uh, genre. Metal. Or what is Williams? Yeah. Wait, Williams is a metal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a metal guy. Through and through. That. Mm-hmm. I can, I, I, I can maybe see that. that I can maybe see that afterwards. Yeah, he's all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, that makes that yeah. makes sense. But yeah, so I, then uh, do we want to get into the? Oh, uh, yeah. I've I've never. I enjoy a fair amount of instrumental music, and maybe that's why I don't mind extended instrumental intros. I don't know if it was that, or it's definitely a combination of that and me just loving the the feeling of the song so much that I just like it, it doesn't i don't mind a lot yeah I, I don't mind that there's two minutes of no singing like it it just sounds so cool right no i got you yeah. he um I got you, I got sturgill in in a uh in an instagram post that he's now deleted he he i think he was talking about the album as a whole but in the video the video was of them recording make art not friends and he was talking about how much dark how many dark lyrics he wrote for the album and how he tried to lighten it up in the end, even though like make art, not friends is still, it's probably like the darkest lyrical song on the album, just like most pessimistic in a way. Like he, he said he wrote a lot more pessimistic, like negative outlook things. And he realized that wasn't like really the feeling he wanted to put out into the world i think like even though he was fed up with the industry he wanted to make music that people would enjoy like he didn't he he wanted to make music that people could yeah that people could enjoy and have a good time to and maybe there's there's like one or two songs on the album that aren't songs that have positive lyrical content but the overall feeling of the album makes you want to it doesn't make you just sad it makes you want to want to move a little bit. It makes you it makes you energetic with all the like thunderous bass drum rhythms and and the crazy guitar that goes on. Yeah, I got yeah. you. That's about it. Nice. Uh, well then, I guess so. If you want to go ahead and rate it, and then Jordan, you give yours, and I'll say mine since I'm going to be announcing next week's episode. Yep. I'll uh, okay. I'll give it an eight. It's a it's a good one. Okay. Wait. Sorry, what order are we going in? Europe. Okay, that's what I thought. I got really confused and really concerned for like half a second. <laughs> um I uh I'll give this a I'll give this a five. I'll nice. A five. Okay. Um and I'll give it a six and a half. I like a lot of the instrumentation and the lyrics are pretty good. It's just I it was really hard. Some songs it's just a lot of work for me to get through those like weird vocal yeah, uh, methods, which is you know a nature of that artistic direction. Uh, but that brings us to an average of six and a half as well. Okay. Okay. Um, where does that put it overall? Let me see. That puts it uh somewhere in the middle. There's a lot of st- I'm really surprised with how much is tied. Like there's so many tied albums. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's it's between White Bronco on which is at a six point six seven, and Yes Lord, which is at six point three three. Yes Lord, yes Lord. Yes, um, yes, Lord. So yeah, I guess I can go ahead and announce next week's episode. Uh, I this was the first week where I 
I was in a bit of a pickle. I couldn't I couldn't decide what like what like I didn't have any burning albums to do for like honestly until like Sunday. Um but eventually I settled on one. We're gonna be doing How to Be a Human Being by the Glass Animals. Okay. So we're gonna we're still gonna stick a little a little psyche, a little indie y. I don't know what the actual genre for this is. <laughs> I thought we might be doing Zaba <clears throat> since you recommended it to us a day or two ago. See, I thought about it, but I think that one's a little... T- I feel like we got to do this album first because it's more approachable for Jordan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And Zaba's pretty far. Oh, you guys, yeah. you guys are... You guys are, you guys are giving me... Zaba's jumping in the deep end. <laughs> you guys are tailoring your music choices directly based on how much i like it i appreciate it yeah well you know we gotta work we gotta warm you up to it you know we don't want to start you with yeah, saba there's like jungle sounds in it and <laughs> it's Bro, good though i listen to so many ad libs oh I mean, it's not an ad lib it's like dude i, I have a different sound stuff album, though. though yeah um but yeah so we're gonna do how to be a human being i feel like it's the more approachable of their albums um, they just came out with Dreamland, and Dreamland's good, mm-hmm. but I've, yeah, I like, I was, I was I like say, more I like, of this album. I like Dreamland. Mm-hmm. I, I that's the one with Denzel Curry on it. That's yeah, that like they it. put Tokyo Drifting on it. Yeah, that was a single. And then okay. I added Tokyo it. Drifting. Oh, baby, did you yeah. know? Um, then I guess how brief. Do, all right, so I guess we'll, we'll keep this relatively short. Um, I've been listening to. Uh, still a lot of Peach Pit, a lot of Glass Animals. I've been going through like their entire catalog, and then also, weirdly enough, like Wish You Were Here, the album. I've listened to that like four or five times. The Pink Floyd album. Who who, who makes that? Yeah, the Pink Floyd album. It's really good. It's uh, Half a Cigars on it. Wish You Were Here, uh, parts one through twelve or whatever of Shine On You Crazy Diamond. It's really good. Welcome to the Machine. I think. Uh, I've I've pretty much just been listening to the same thing as always. There's nothing new, honestly. Gotcha. Just my rap. <laughs> Pop smoke, blue face, a little bit of this and that. I gotcha. A little bit of mana and <laughs> a little bit of mana. <laughs> you clipped out. Anyway, anyway, I think anyways. your mic filtered you out, Jordan. <laughs> it probably does. I I wish it didn't. My mic's my mic's good enough now where it filters it out, <laughs> and I don't want it to filter out the. We have the same mic. I wonder if mine does the same thing. Try it. Just put your lips on the uh, mesh or whatever it is, and just yell as loud as you can. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, Nick, what have you been listening uh, to? Did you already say? I've been listening to. Uh, I listened to Tim oh Heidecker's God. album again today. I like it a lot. Fear of Death. Um, some Wise Blood. Some Vince Staples. Some Aphex Twins. Since we saw that weird album at the record store. Um, so, yeah. I've been getting into like more electronic music because of the synth from this album. Because we found that Aphex Twin well, album then- basically. What'd you say? There you go. Glass Animals right here for you then. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I've, I've been listening to Kay Trinata a lot this past week. He's, he's like, he's a fantastic producer. Like, just with the, it's almost like house rap, 
but like the 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 just the bass sounds that he pick picks or I don't know if it's how his music is mixed. The bass just hits so heavy out of like whatever speakers you're listening to. It's it's so impressive. Yeah. But, yeah. Sometimes the mixing's if the mixing's done really well, then that's definitely the case. Like the more bass you have, the more you can mm-hmm. if we suck out of it. Like if we go <laughs> Yeah. If we if we ride to get pizza after this, uh, I can I can Give me the demonstrate. Bass. Suck some bass out. You know. I got you. All right. Um. Well, yeah. So I guess then we can go ahead and we'll take her home. Then. Um. We just wanted to say thanks again for listening this week, and remember to tune in next week where we're going to be taking a look at how to be a human being by Glass Animals. Uh, be sure to give it a listen, uh, so you can kind of have your own thoughts and I guess mentally join in the discussion. Uh, you know, feel free to either leave a comment about your thoughts on this week's album on YouTube, or you can also tweet them at us. We're on Twitter at at Listen Up Pod, and that account as well as our personal handles are going to be in the description of wherever you found this podcast. Um, yeah, for now we'll catch you next week, and remember to listen up. Mm-hmm.